You're listening to From the Midlands, the stories of people making a difference across the region. Our presenter is Gail Downey. On this episode of From the Midlands, we hear how plans for a cinema in a small market town in Shropshire was able to attract investment and make a big difference to a local community. Ray Hughes, the finance director of Wellington Orbit, joins us now. Hello, Ray. Hello, Gail. Tell us how this came about. Uh, Originally, uh, this has been uh, over 10 years in the making. We had uh, a cinema in Wellington which shut in about 1983 something like that, and was converted into a Donnell. And Donnell relocated in 2012 to uh, an out-of-town um, out shopping centre. And a group set itself out to see how we could basically regenerate Wellington. And the plan was to actually uh, acquire the old Clifton Cinema uh, together with the supermarket attached to it. Uh, but that never came to fruition. Uh, in 2016, we held a... Uh, AGM of the society and they said look for something else and uh, uh, this coincided with the shutting down of HSBC in the town and uh, they had from their point of view an onerous liability because they had actually leased the bank from a charity so they were quite keen to get a tenant in and it developed from then and we actually acquired uh, a five-year lease in 2018 uh, which we then consolidated into a further lease uh, going up to 2030 and recently we have now been in a position where we've been able to acquire the freehold from the landlord. And this is the building that we're in now? It is yes yeah. And why a cinema when we're all watching things dare I say streaming uh, now? Right yeah well, the the whole project isn't just a cinema, it's a community arts centre. Really, from our point of view, uh, money is king, and we didn't get to, we only had enough money to actually redevelop the uh, ground floor. But we we're looking to redevelop the upper floors and have a community arts centre, uh, embracing things like uh, dance studio, exhibition area, meeting rooms, etc. We haven't got the money yet, but that's what we're aiming to get long term. So you've got a cinema, you've got a cafe, yeah. and that's become a community hub. Just explain a little bit more about how local people use it. Right, OK. Uh, we're open seven days a week from uh, 10 till 10, Monday to Friday, then 1 till 10 on a uh, Sunday, and then 6 to 10 on the Monday. We show two films a day, except for uh, Monday, when we just show one film. And the films are 2 o'clock and, beg your pardon, 2.30 and 7 o'clock. So we get a mix of audiences. Um, we have recently done a, um, a check of our makeup, and believe it or not, the number of people who were um, adults exactly matched to the, yeah, to the figure, those who actually attended from concessions. So we tend to get, in the afternoon, we get more of the pensioners, then we get the, uh, uh, the adults more in the, uh, uh, the evening. And does this actually make money now? It ha- it's not yet. We charity account, so effectively we um, trading we trade at a loss, but other income that comes through means we actually break even. When we acquired the lease in two thousand eighteen, we had share capital of about thirty six thousand and retained profits of uh, eight thousand. Uh, I've just done the draft accounts for uh, twenty twenty two, and the combined figure for 
uh, share capital and reserves is 350,000. So that's quite an achievement in a short period of time. So the cinema and the cafe, yeah, and you've all got plans, as you mentioned, to have a, yeah. a dance studio and, and other studios and facilities sure. upstairs. Who actually owns these facilities? The structure you set up is a community benefit society. Basically, a community benefit society is uh, a business. It's got to be a business uh, which is set up for the benefit of the community. It can have as little as one or two shareholders. It can have as many as uh, you possibly can. But the main thing is whatever you do has to be for the benefit of the community. With, from our point of view is we need to find out precisely what the community want rather than what we think they want. Uh, we have always adopted a model where uh, we have uh, left it open for as many people in the community to actually subscribe for shares and we're at the moment we're seven short of getting a thousand shareholders so really what you got is the whole business is actually owned by the community for the community we have a board of about ten eight eight thank you phil yeah um of which no nobody is actually remunerated we all do it uh, uh for the you know, for the love of the town really what difference does it make having local people buy shares and be invested in the hub you have here? It makes a tremendous difference. If I just told you at the moment, Gail, that uh, we say we recently acquired the freehold for £425,000 and that was funded 97% within a five mile radius of uh, where we are. Uh, we haven't uh, been that successful in getting national funding, but now we've actually got the freehold we believe that that will be persuasive for national funders as well. And the fact that we've got this engagement from the community ought to be persuasive to them to actually uh, see that this is something that is here to stay, survive and prosper. What was the reaction of local people when you first suggested this idea of a cinema and a, and a cafe? Uh, very supportive. Um, uh, people said, yes, we want this, um, we, we need it. And we attracted initially about 600 shareholders. Um, but the problem with, with that is uh, when you've got a project of this magnitude, uh, yes, it's a good idea, here's £10 worth of shares, doesn't really get you that far. So we needed to uh, uh, bulk that up through external finances and also through grants and Telford and Reekin Council actually gave us a grant of £150,000 to celebrate the uh, uh, the 50th anniversary of Telford uh, so this is a, what was called a legacy grant and the legacy for Wellington is the orbit And when you see people coming in here using the cinema using the cafe that you've got and of course you have you have a couple of members of staff who work here full-time as well yeah what do you think that does to the kind of self-esteem if you like of Wellington and local people it's very fulfilling I, I, I remember seeing one film once here called Phantom of the Open and I came out and I saw all the smiles on people's faces coming out and I thought well we're doing a good thing here and it has been embraced by the community definitely has yeah um, to get the um, uh, to get the uh, freehold, we launched a community share offer, among something else, and we got 116 new shares at £100,000, which helped to get the uh, the building here. So we have really engaged with the local community. What does having the freehold mean for the future? Three major things. First of all, it's going to save us £283,000 in rent. 
uh, between now and uh, 2030, and then £45,000 a year at least thereafter. Secondly, it means that any appreciation in the value of the property will actually come to us rather than to the landlord. And because of all the plans to actually re redevelop the market square, um, we think that uh, had we not got this lease, the landlord could possibly go in 2030. Yes, um, you can actually get the uh, um, uh, an extension to your lease, but we want £70,000 a year. Alternatively, we can put it the, through the auction and get £700,000. So we, we've stored to that. And perhaps the most important thing, although it doesn't sound it, is that uh, we have now been able to, um, with the freehold, be able to uh, get a bespoke uh, art centre. So if we hadn't done that, uh, the landlord could well have um, refused our structural alterations and said, I'm not prepared to actually tolerate those because if you went to, you defaulted, I would have a uh, bespoke um, uh, building, whereas effectively what I want is something that could be uh, reinvested. And the most obvious thing would be retail downstairs and residential upstairs. What would you say to other communities in small towns, small market towns like Wellington, in terms of going for something like this? Because it is a risk, isn't it? Yeah. I think the, the main thing is know your community. Know what your community wants. Don't think you know what your community wants because you'll be rudely, uh, rudely surprised at the end of the day. Uh, that's the, uh, the main thing. And then engage with money. Okay, Ray Hughes yeah. from Wellington Orbit, thank you very much. Also here is Melanie Mills from Big Society Capital who look after investment projects like this and bring the investors to the local community. Tell me what your view was when you were first approached on this project. Well, I actually met Ray, I think, six, seven years ago um, back at an event. So just to give you a little bit of context scale, Big Society Capital was formed um, 10 years ago uh, using dormant bank account money. So that was dormant bank account money. It was sitting there doing nothing. Government scooped it all up and created the world's first wholesale investment bank. And these are people that no longer use their bank accounts. Either they had died or, or moved overseas. It could be. It basically means that that money's been dormant for at least 15 years. Anybody listening to this don't panic there's an insurance scheme in place if you suddenly find you've lost some money but yes government scooped up all of that money um, and then we became the investor who would onward lend that money so we have a range of different investors uh, I suppose the thing that people often find difficult to understand is these don't exist on the high street the, those that are left it's not like HSBC or whatever but you have a whole range of investors who care not only about getting their money back with interest because that is what makes social investment say different from grant but they also care about the impact or the change so when I first um, met Ray um, I think it's I often say that social enterprises and charities come in different forms they can be very entrepreneurial driven by one person um, or they can be very have a lot of community vision and that's definitely where I saw um, Wellington Orbit. So at that stage, it was an idea, something had been worked on for a long time, but there wasn't actually a physical building or place. And what I think is great about Wellington Orbit is it's a great example of how you use lots of different types of funding and finance when you've got a really big community asset project um, and it's done that really, really well. 
So they haven't just gone to one place like yourself and said, look, actually, we need X, Y, Z amount of money. You've helped them reach out to lots of grants and, and other places where they could get funding. So just to be clear, we're a wholesale investor, so we don't invest directly. I'm head of social sector engagement, so I spend most of my time just helping charities and social enterprises understand what's out there. Actually, I think what Wellington Orbit have, as well as having a fantastic board of directors, they have some really good financial knowledge um, uh, from Ray's past. And not all community organisations have that. So what we're able to do is to help them to understand, OK, what are you trying to achieve here? How much money does your project need? And then I often find with social enterprise and charities, once they've got over that point about, oh, I might actually have to borrow some money here as well as have some grant, they tend to want to get straight to the, well, who can lend me the money bit well actually there's a little bit in the middle here where you need to understand in the same way as if you're buying um, a house or a car what type of lender what type of product is best for what you're trying to achieve so what Wellington Orbit have done and Ray's described they have used community shares which is really patient sort of equity type finance um, and really get the investment from the local community there um, but they've also used a debt product which is a loan essentially um, from one of the investors residents um, who are actually in big society capitals portfolio um, and then they've used a range of grant funding alongside because they've done now acquired the freehold they've done development um, and they've obviously had to change the building so that it's fit for its com community purpose when ray came to you and you met and he said look it's a cinema idea i want with a cafe attached to it as i said to ray cinemas nowadays is that ever going to make you any money so one of the things that you'll find about um community organizations like wellington orbit and that could be community pubs community hubs, sports clubs um, and community art centres like here. They're quite, can often be low margin um, business models and that's probably why they don't work where it's private sector or private money um, and they also probably don't work anymore in the public funded environment because let's face it um, there's a lot of other calls on public money currently. Where you've got community visit, vision and you've got a community asset and you've got community buy-in you're bringing those two things together so often this sort of social enterprise charity business model is the only model that works i could give you lots of other examples from up the road at fordall farm to um, down in birmingham for art deco baths have been closed for many years and they get reinvigorated by the community and as an organisation which looks at investments on a wide scale i know you're involved in anything from transport to social housing what does this give to you when you come into work every day and know what you're doing here in a small place like Wellington? Well, that's an easy one for me. So social investment is not a thing, OK? It's just a tool. It's a tool to create impact or change. So um, when I joined Big Society Capital sort of almost eight years ago, um, I was running a social enterprise before. I'd come from a, a private sector retail background. So I understood, I didn't understand a lot about grants, but I did understand about repayable finance. So for me, getting social enterprises and charities to understand that social investment might be an option that will help them to create more impact is why I come to work every day. Because too many social enterprises and charities don't know about it. So Making a, a, an elective choice to say it's not right for you is still a good outcome. Not knowing that it's an outcome that you could possibly um, choose is not, is not okay. You should be able to use every tool in your toolbox if you want to create change for local people. And do you think that people are often put 
off because there does seem to be so much choice out there in terms of how to get funding, who to ask for for money. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, honestly, the world has changed. Um, eight years ago, if I sat, you know, sometimes in a room like this, repurposed, um, and said to people, I'm going to talk to you about social investment. And I always say, you know, let's get the elephant out in the room very early. This isn't grant. This is money you're going to have to pay back with interest. But sometimes that might be better money for you or might work alongside grant. So, yes, there is definitely, um, it, it can be a difficult message. I think lots of social enterprise charities are only used to grant. Um, but actually, I think earlier Ray referred to risk. There's risk in everything we do. Um, a social investor won't lend you the money unless they think it's absolutely the right thing to do. So they will help you, work with you, create a business plan, understand what you want to achieve, understand where your income's going to come from. And then depending on where their money comes from and how much risk they can take, hopefully they can come up with a sort of um, investment package that works for you. Also here is Phil Morris-Jones from Wellington Town Council. Now, you've now put a lot of money, more than £400,000, into this project. Explain why. Well, it's the linchpin of the regeneration that we're planning for Wellington. It's on the corner of the main street. It has a nice illuminated exterior so people can see exactly what it is. Inside, it's all new, brand new cinema, brand new cafe, and with uh, expectations to be able to do two more floors, which will add to the arts and culture centre that it's bound to be when it's finished. And is this something that all the town councillors agreed upon, especially at the moment with the cost of living crisis? Well, surprisingly enough, um, it was an all-political agreement, which is very rare in this day and age, um, and uh, I, quite, I was quite surprised... Um, I managed to push it through um, without too much opposition. And the differences we'll make will be what? The differences it'll make to the town is providing an entertainment centre within the town. I long heard that and felt that um, people didn't just come into town to buy something on a retail basis. They came into town to buy something, to be entertained, to be fed, and we can do all that. Um, so I, I consider that some some achievement. And having lived here for some time and obviously been a local person, seen the ups and the downs oh, of Wellington, uh, how proud are you of what's been achieved here? Absolutely fantastic. It's the very reason I'm here. Um, they, they did a wonderful job. I've only joined them about four years ago. Um, they've done an absolutely wonderful job before I got here. I'm going to make damn sure we make an even more wonderful job in the future. You've been listening to From the Midlands, a whirlwind production. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to sponsor this series of podcasts, details are available on our website at fromthemidlands.co.uk.